This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Good morning. Certainly appreciate the prayer on my behalf and I'd like to extend the warm welcome to our visitors as well. If you consider yourselves a visitor, we're truly glad that you're with us and invite you back anytime you can meet with us. This morning we're going to talk about worry. And I want to start our minds off with this question. What are you so worried about? And by no means am I pointing the finger at anybody in the crowd this morning because this is something that I struggle with probably more than anybody here. This is a question that I think I need to ask myself continually, what are you so worried about? And so let's ask that this morning, as you look at your life, what are some things that are worrisome to you? Because as Christians, we really shouldn't worry. That should not be a characteristic that we have. But I thought of some of the things that I worry about, politics and government. There was a point probably when about 18 to 20, I started getting into thinking about politics. And I'm by no means discouraging anybody not to vote. I mean, we need to, to have our voice heard, but this will consume you. Especially when you start worrying about what the president or world leaders are doing. You can get consumed with politics and government, just worrying about the direction of the country. A lot of us, we probably think that the, as far as a moral standing, we're not going in the right direction, but we can get consumed with, with government. Another thing is other people. We can get consumed by other people, especially when it comes to loved ones. You know, there's a quote that, I hate to use this quote, but it's a quote from Star Wars where it's Princess Leia is talking to one of the bad guys, and she said, you know, the more you squeeze people, the more they're gonna slip through your hands, and that's kind of how it is. And, the more we try to control people, it's if you've ever picked up wet sand, the more you try to squeeze people, it just comes right through your fingers. We can't control other people. But when it comes to loved ones, wow, that will cause us a lot of worry, especially when we talk about children, maybe parents, talk about coworkers, that causes us so much worry, but really we can, we can and should hopefully have a positive influence for others, but we cannot control them, but we certainly worry about them. Another thing is the future. Just in general, we worry about what does tomorrow hold? And we're going to look at some scriptures to, where Jesus plainly tells us, consider today. Now, don't worry about tomorrow. But we get so consumed with thinking about what might happen in the future. And as funny as it sounds, we get concerned with the past. Sometimes we live in the past. We dwell on past mistakes. We dwell on missed opportunities. And while we can learn from that, we shouldn't let that consume us. And so often, at least for me, that's where I'm living is in the past. And it's a hindrance to the present and the future. But I've just got those four things listed there. You could probably think of more things. But as I look at myself and see these things that I so often worry about, they all have one thing in common. And that's, I cannot control a single one of those. I can't control the government. Again, I can have a, a say and a, a voice. I can't control other people. Again, hopefully I'm a positive influence, but ultimately I can't control other people. 
I can't control the future. I can and I should hopefully prepare for the future, especially spiritually speaking. Hopefully I'm looking towards that great day when the Lord returns, but I can't control what's going to happen in the future. And I certainly can't control the past. There's nothing I can do to change the past. But yet, those are the things that tend to, to consume me. Which of those categories occupies our thoughts? Is it the things that we, we can't control? Because the only thing we can control is ourselves. The things that we do, the things that we say and think, and our relationship with God, that is what we can control. And sadly, what happens is we end up getting bogged down and consumed by the things we have no control over, and we lose sight of the one thing that we can, which is ourselves. And which of those things causes us to worry? Well, it's typically those things we have no control over. They just cause us worry and stress. And as we're going to see in the scripture, worry does, should not be something that a Christian should have. But so often, at least I know for myself, I'm guilty of having worry and, and way too much worry. First scripture this morning, Luke chapter 12, verses 24 and 30, through 34. Jesus says, consider the ravens. or In other words, take a look at the birds. They neither sow nor reap which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. How much more are you better than the fowls? And which of you, taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that you have, give alms, provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupts. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So here our Savior addresses the problem of worrying. And I want to notice a thought there in verse 28. He really pinpoints what the problem is. Why do we worry? In that verse, it's in the context of why are you worrying about what you're going to wear? And he says, oh ye of little faith. Because that's what it boils down to. When we worry about things, it's really just a showing of proof that maybe our faith isn't quite as strong as it needs to be. And getting rid of worry, as we're going to see in the scripture, the solution to worry is not it's not a concept that's over any of our heads. It's just simply realize what God has told us. Get close to God. Uh, increase our faith. But putting that to work is, you know, is often easier said than done, or we make it harder than it should be. A theme that we're going to see throughout these scriptures this morning is putting God first in our lives. When we put God first in our life, everything else will fall into place. And we doom ourselves by not doing exactly that. Sometimes we get stressed out 
we get worried by all these distractions that really shouldn't be in our life in the first place. We take on a bunch of, of stuff into our life and we, we overload ourselves and it just drives us away from God. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 16 says, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. When we get stressed out, when we get worried, where do we turn? In his closing remarks to the Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul says, now the Lord of peace, that's who God is. He's the Lord of peace. That's where peace comes from. And it says, and the Apostle Paul is saying that he gives you peace always by all means. In other words, every, in every way you can think of, God will give you peace. That is what Paul wanted for us. There's no peace. When you think about peace in the context of worry, worry is pretty much the opposite of peace because when you're worried, are you peaceful? What do you do when you're worried? A lot of people, maybe you bite your fingernails, maybe you pace across the room, perhaps you lose sleep, but when you're worried or you're stressed, you're not really in a peaceful state. And then what happens? Where do you turn? Because that's the the key in these things. Where do we turn when we get worried? Sadly, we turn to things, or maybe we turn to the wrong things. And maybe it's some habit that we do for comfort, but a lot of times we turn maybe even to sin. We turn to things that we think are going to provide comfort and peace, and maybe they give us a short-term benefit. But we see here, we need to turn to God. Ultimately, that's where we need to turn because He is the source of peace, and He'll give us peace by all means. Now, for those of us that may have a family now, or maybe we're a little older, think about, think back to the time when you were a, a little child. You probably didn't have a lot of worry at that time when you were a kid. I, I know I didn't. You were more carefree then. You didn't have all the stresses of life. But as you age, maybe to a teenager, you started experiencing peer pressure. You took on a job. And then as you got older, maybe you got married and had a family. Now you've got mouths to feed. You've got a career. You start taking on more and more. And it's not like those days when you were really young and didn't have those worries. But in the perspective of our life as a child of God, we often do that as well. When we first become a Christian, you know, we have that peace, but as we go on, we kind of forget that peace and we start adding stress to our lives. And we get to a point in our life where we may think, how am I going to get all this stuff done? You know, that's where I've been lately. Like, there's not enough hours in the day to get all this stuff done. And when... I get worried and stressed, that's when I start making mistakes. Just get upset, short-tempered, you lose sight of what's important, you get in the wrong frame of mind. And when I should, I know from the scriptures, be more patient as I grow older, I've actually become less patient, and that's a shame. Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, he says, and besides this, Give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. So we see here a progression of things, and if I'm real honest about this, when I should be adding these things, I've probably subtracted some of them, especially when it comes to patience. And, and again, that's, that's not a good thing, and a lot of that is from just taking on too much and just 
worrying about things that, that I shouldn't. We're told here, besides this, give all diligence, fully devote yourself to progression in the service of God. And we come back to the word faith. Add to your faith virtue, and then it's a progression from faith. And if you worry, as we've already mentioned, worry, that shakes our faith. And if, when our faith is iffy, then how are we going to add the rest of these things here if our faith is iffy? Worry just impacts our relationships with others and it impacts our relationship with God in so many ways. Because rather than giving all diligence, rather than building ourselves up, we let worry and all these things, all this junk into our lives and it just makes that wedge and separates us from God. We become fearful is a thing that we experience when we have a lot of worry. We fear about when you're a, a, maybe when you're a teenager, perhaps when you're older, peer pressure, you fear, am I going to fit in? You fear, am I going to make enough money? You fear that you're going to be successful. You fear whatever. You have all these fears, and we get consumed by those things, and we shouldn't. How good would it be for us if any time we get worried, if we could remember this verse here, Psalms 46 and 10, Be still and know that I am God. Be still, know that I am God. How often do we, I won't say we forget it, because I think most of us have probably heard this, heard this verse many times, but we tend to, we don't think about it. When we get overloaded in our lives, when we have a bad attitude, when we are fearful, we're told right here, it's very simple, be still, know that I am God. And just like that in, verse, in Romans chapter 8 and 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? And we know you can't, can't, nobody can be against us. If God is for us, who can be against us? No one can. And I think about the apostles, you know, we, we read the account where they're on the water and, and the waves get boisterous and, they, and Jesus is over here sleeping and they say, Master, we're going to die. And he, look at what he says. You know, he calls them, he questions their faith in that time. Do you think the apostles had never heard, be still and know that I am God? No, they just didn't think about it at that time. And that would be such a benefit if when we get worried, we could think about scriptures like this. Be still and know that I am God. Don't forget who God is. He is in control. We should turn to him. Later on in that chapter of Romans chapter 8, down in verses 38 and 39, we read this. For I am persuaded, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, he says, I am persuaded. He is fully convinced in, in this here. He says that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I believe the Apostle Paul, he was going above and beyond trying to make a point here and all these nor this nor that, just saying there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul was persuaded in this, and so this morning I think it's good for us to ask ourselves, am I persuaded in that? Am I fully convinced that nothing is going to separate me from God's love for me? 
However, we, what do we do? We often separate ourselves from that love. God doesn't move away from us. We move away from Him. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For He had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do to me. So here we have what, he, what God says. God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So hopefully we would turn around and be able to say, yes, the Lord is my helper, and I, I'm not going to fear what man is going to do to me. I'm not going to fear these things of the world because God has told me I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Do we make that same statement to God by the way we live our lives? We're told here, let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with things that you have. What does that mean? What does the conversation without covetousness mean? Basically means your conversation is your behavior. Let your life be without covetousness. Don't go through life just thinking about what can I get? What can I get? What's the next thing I can have? Be content with what you have. Just be satisfied with what God has, has blessed you with. Don't worry about getting other things. If you want a life of stress, be discontent and be covetous. That is a, a, a formula for stress and worry. And sadly, that's what the world wants us to do. That's the, what the world preaches. Don't be satisfied with what you have. Go out and do these other things. Again, another reminder that God is our helper. He will never leave us or forsake us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, and this is Jesus speaking, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body with what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? And in verses 33 and 34, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Pretty clear here that Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow. So if we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow, does that? so I guess I need to cancel... I need to throw away my grocery list. I need to cancel that trip to the store, right? No, that's not what he's talking about. Planning is a good thing, but being worried about it, that's, there's a line there that you go from planning to just being consumed and, and worried about it. Jesus tells us, be focused on what you're doing today. He says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, there's enough today to tend to instead of being consumed with tomorrow because very easily you get so focused on what might happen that you lose sight of what is happening we live in an age kind of i started seeing this i used to work for super kmart way back when uh, my late teens and I first saw it there in 1999 when Y2K was, was going on. And, and I remember clearly people coming in. In fact, I re what sticks out in my mind, a couple coming in buying up all the trash cans because they were looking for a way. They wanted to stockpile their goods because Y2K was going to be 
the end of civilization as we know it. And we see today this thing going on with there's a lot of fear out there. We see people stockpiling food, gold, weapons. I've seen, maybe seen documentaries of such things. People live, actually think there's going to be a zombie apocalypse. And people are building bunkers. A guy made a, converted his pickup to a tank. And it just goes on and on. But I have have had some good friends that are in that same mentality and when they start saying these things it worries me because I think wow I'm not prepared and you it is so easy to get caught up in that and again I'm not discouraging anybody from planning because if you've ever had your power go off for a few days I know back when we were in Texas we'd get these ice storms and the, the meteorologist would come on TV and say, hey, we're going to be iced in for the next three days. And you would see just a rush on the grocery stores and just the bad behavior comes out. People literally snatching loaves of bread from people in the store and just madness because this big ice storm is coming. Or if you've, you know, here in Arkansas, we're hit with this bad weather and power goes out. You can see how quickly things could spiral out of control. So. Again, it's not a bad thing to be prepared, but we've got to be careful that we don't let those consume us because that's all in the realm of that could happen. This thing could happen. But what is going to happen is Jesus Christ is going to return one day. That is what's going to happen. Rather than building an underground bunker, how about we build a bunker up above and... and as Jesus says, put your treasure above where neither moth nor rust. Nobody can touch that. Because a natural disaster could happen. It could happen this afternoon. The economy could crash. There, we could get hit with a nuclear weapon. We could, the power grid could fail. This could happen, that could happen. All those things could happen. But we know that Jesus is going to come back. We know we are going to face judgment. So let's make sure that we are prepping. If we're going to prep, let's prep for what's important for eternity. Psalm 55 verse 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Another scripture here where when we get worried, wow, it would be good to remember this one. Cast your burden upon the Lord. Take your cares and concerns to God. He'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. Does that mean that we're never going to get sick? The car's never going to break down? No, that's not at all what that means. But in the big scheme of things, he's never going to suffer you to be moved away from him. No one is going to be able to take your place in heaven away from you. Only you can do that. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. As mentioned earlier, when we worry, that's not a peaceful thing. Stress and worry, never. We're ne we don't have peace when we're in that state of mind. We may lose sleep over it. We've heard the expression, worry yourself to death, and that's a true thing. If we are completely worried, it affects our, our heart. That can literally, maybe not just right away, but it wears on our health. 
Verse 6 here says, be careful for nothing. That does not say to be careless. It just says be careful for nothing. And in other words, don't be overly concerned. Don't be bogged down in these cares of life that, that we always seem to uh, get bogged down in. But, let, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, what is supplication? That's not a word we generally use, but it's the gist of it is pretty much begging or pleading. In other words, take your cares and concerns to God with a thankful heart, knowing that He's going to hear you. He gives us, as we read earlier, God gives us peace in everything. He's the God of peace, and He gives us peace in so many ways. One is by His Word, which we've gone over several of the Scriptures. Another one is... Fellow Christians, look around this room this morning. We're not here alone. And also prayer. Prayer is so underestimated in our lives. Don't ever think that God doesn't want to hear from you. Because He tells us several times throughout His Word, make your wishes known to me. Come to me with your prayers and supplications. And what is promised when we do that? says the peace of God which passes all understanding. The peace of God, we can't even properly describe that, but that's what he says. When we take our prayers, supplications to him, the peace of God, he will give that to us and we can't even properly describe that. We need rest, and God shows us that we need rest. If we go back to Genesis, what did God do after he created the world? Well, he rested. In Genesis 1 and verse 31, we read, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And then in verse, chapter 2 and verse 3, we read, And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work God created and made. So here we see the importance of rest, I think, because God, He created the world. And after creation, on the sixth day, what did He do? He looked back at what He had done and He rested. And not only did He rest, what did He do on that seventh day? He blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. And that carried over to the children of Israel where He commanded them to observe the Sabbath, a day of rest. And we think that, that, wow, that would be an easy thing to, to be committed to. But when you think about it, it's hard to rest, especially when we've got so much going on in our lives. It is so hard to find that time to rest. But it's important that we do that, and God teaches us that. He made the Sabbath. He rested. He looked back upon what He did. He reflected on it. He saw that it was good. We, too, need that time to rest to just take a step back and look, where have we been? Where are we going? Where am I at now? And think about what is important. Important family, God, the things that really matter in this life. And if you're going 90 miles an hour all day, every day, it's really hard to do this. But God shows us you need rest, and He blesses rest. In fact, the seventh day it says He made it. He sanctified it, or He made it holy. He designated it as a as a special day. 
John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let your heart, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, I, the peace that I give you is not anything, it's not anything like the world gives. The peace of this world, we may get a good night's sleep and those sorts of things, but the peace that Jesus offers is, is something, we, again, we can't describe it. And how often do we squander that peace? There's a, a popular uh, reggae song. It's probably one of my favorite songs. It's a song by Bob Marley that says, don't worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be all right. And as simple as that song is, it always puts me in a good mood. And as odd as it is, I always think about Scripture every time I hear that because it's such a simple truth. Don't worry about a thing because everything, every little thing is going to be all right. We read Romans 8 verse 28, and we know that all things work together. For good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Amen. Who's called according to God's purpose? Who's He talking to here? He's talking to the church. He's talking to Christians. Why do I worry about stuff so many times throughout every day? Why do I worry about these things? In fact, I was worried this morning that about the message I'm presenting this morning. Is this going to be beneficial to people? Why do I worry about these things? It's just because of a lack of faith. It's just of not realizing all of these promises here, just forgetting them. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. You know, there are people fighting major battles. Many of those are close to us. People close to us are fighting major illnesses. We see a world of poverty, hunger. We have a lot of, there's a lot of people that they're facing really bad problems and we tend to get bogged down in these little meaningless things here and when you stop and think about what people are really struggling with wow it just it kind of puts things in perspective Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30 come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we visualize what's going on here, taking a yoke around you, probably generally we don't think of that as something that is going to give us peace. But as we really think about what is being said here, it makes perfect sense because Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. The amount of work that he wants from us just is in no comparison to the, the benefit that he gives us to do or the benefit that he, he blesses us with. And if we're not willing to take the yoke of Christ, we're never going to find rest for our souls. If there's one thing that will cause your soul to be restless, it's living in sin. When you have a dirty conscience, there's no peace in that. When you know, unless your conscience, conscience is just completely fried, those things eat at you. When you go through life knowing you've done something wrong and you haven't got forgiveness for it, if there's something that's going to cause you worry, that's it there. 
And Jesus calls us, as we've read before, he says, come to me. God says, bring your concerns to me. Jesus gives us a way for that forgiveness to overcome those things. We're told in 1 John chapter 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If there's anything in the Scripture that we can find peace, it's, it's in this thought here, forgiveness. Because it's something we take for granted every day we live. We just take for granted that we have forgiveness, that God is going to forgive us of our sins. What if we didn't have that? What if we sat here this morning wondering, I hope He forgives me? You know, there's no peace in that. But we have a promise. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He's told us, I will forgive you. And just think about that blessing. By no means do we deserve that, but yet He, he freely gives us that blessing. Second Peter verses one or Second Peter chapter one verses ten through eleven. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to point out right here because this is what we do control you know we've talked about things we have no control over but we control this because we're told make your calling and election sure he wouldn't tell us to do this thing if we didn't have control over it make your two things make your calling make your election a sure thing what is he talking about here well he's saying give diligence to these things put Devote yourself to making your calling, to proving that God has called me and He has elected me or He has chosen me to serve Him. Prove that in your life. Give all diligence to it. That is something we can control. And if there's anything we want to be concerned about, it should be that. Being concerned with our relationship with God. And then we see verse 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why on earth would we be welcomed into that kingdom? Because we know the lives that we live. Again, it's just, we can't describe the treatment that God gives us, the love that He has for us, and everything that He's done for us. And we get bogged down so many times in our little petty things in our lives and we lose sight of what truly is important and what God has promised us and what a disservice we do to ourselves. So in closing, I want to ask that same question this morning. What are you so worried about? As we look at our lives, what are we really concerned about? And hopefully the things that we concern ourselves with are what really matters, making our calling and election a sure thing, proving in our lives that we have been chosen by God. We've been called out, and hopefully that's what we are concerned with, not the things that we don't control. So this morning we offer an invitation. If, If you have been instructed the plan of salvation if you understand what it takes to be saved 
or if you've already taken that step and maybe you need the prayers of the church, we sing a song of invitation now. If you are not right with God, we, we plead with you this morning. You have the control this morning to get right with God. And, and, and we ask whether it's coming forward or just personally, we beg you to, to get right with God and, and to really consider your position. And we, So if you be either, either cat, class, if you'd like to come forward this morning and be baptized or if you need the prayers of the church, we ask you to come forward while we stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.